The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey IDP Army, ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Joe, go ahead and start us right, right. Uh, we don't have Joe this week, so it's a bit of a weird intro for us this week. I got to try to be Joe, and that's just not going to happen. So, um, not at all. Yeah, me and Billy are here, and we are ready for week 18, which is weird on all accounts. And uh, we're just here to talk some football. I hope your playoffs don't go anymore because there's already multiple teams sitting out. Uh, but hopefully uh, you want to stick with us throughout the, the offseason. Got a lot of content coming up uh, for fantasy for this year, for playoffs, for daily, for next year. Uh, a lot of dynasty talk coming up as well. So, anyway, how's it going over there, Bill? It's going good. Yeah, I hope nobody te- nobody has a team going this week. Sounds like a lot of players that have already locked up their uh, locked up their playoff positions aren't going to play. So, if you are playing this week, hopefully you have a charger or a Raider or somebody who's fighting the 49ers, somebody who's still fighting for a spot in the playoffs. And hopefully you're not all hamstrung with the Cincinnati Bengals who are all sitting out this week against the Browns. Um, or hopefully or the you didn't do that. Cowboys who are probably all going to sit out their starters. Yeah, I, I would, I would hope Bay, that people but... were smart enough, especially with the extra week, you already got to extend everything, but yeah, I, it, it looks like there's not a whole lot of movement that's going to happen in the playoff rankings. There's some some outsider teams that can still make it in, uh, especially in the AFC. The NFC is pretty much locked up except for the weird Saints 49ers mix up, which makes no sense to me. It's got to be the so 49ers. Times. If the Saints get in there, we finally have the worst team in the playoffs. Well, it would be your Eagles. At least they take the place of the Eagles. Exactly. I was about to say, or it would be your Although, Eagles. To be fair, but... the Raiders could be in there and they could be the worst team. I I actually like the Raiders. I think they're a little frisky. They're frisky, but so are the Eagles. And in my sense, I would put a put us about in the same box, really. That's probably true. It's probably about the same. But if if Saints get in, neither of your teams have to worry about that because that team is horrible. That does take the cake for it. But yeah, it's it's gonna be uh, interesting. That weird combo. I don't know if you've seen what happens with the Saints and 49ers because of combined 
rankings against other teams. Somehow yeah. the Eagles jump up to number six if the Saints make it in because we beat the Saints but lost to the 49ers. But for some reason, we don't get booted out even if we lose, which makes no sense to me because it's best not to get bogged down. Oh, no, no. I was glad it's worked because it doesn't make any sense at all. It's weird seeing that the seven seed Eagles have locked up a playoff spot, but the six seed San Francisco 49ers have not locked up a spot. Something not, we'll never understand. I'm not going to lie. I kept looking at it and I was like, are you sure we clinched? They said it, but I don't <laughs> know if I believe them. Yeah. With all the confusing bits and pieces of that. So, okay. Well, we got kind of a stripped down episode. We're only doing one this week where we're going to do a small game previews section at the end of this pod. It's not going to be our normal, like start, sit, stop. It's more just like us talking through some of the games that are of note and players that may not be playing in them. But first, let's get to some news. So we got I got six topics on the board this week. We're going to start out with COVID. Because who doesn't love another COVID story? The NFL is looking at contingency plans to move the Super Bowl out of L.A. with uh, the recent spike of COVID that has sweeped across California and the entire nation as a whole. So looks like we might not be having uh Kronke might not be having his Super Bowl in LA. What do you think about that, Josh? I am super excited about that. As a uh Stan Kronke non-Stan, uh I am just looking forward to him and his dreams being absolutely wrecked. And also the Eagles are matched up. Yeah, I know. I I get to talk about them now. The Eagles are currently matched up with the Rams and I would just love to see them eliminate the the Rams out of the playoffs, but uh I just don't want to see Kroenke win a Super Bowl in L.A., which is all he's ever wanted after he's moved out of St. Louis. So 100% excited about that. But I also think that there also there are looser restrictions in other counties, and L.A. being one of the more uh, uh, serious and strict. I remember San Francisco had a lot of problems last year. People were getting fined for not wearing masks on sidelines and in the broadcast booth. I think that's also another thing about it, but – yeah, COVID's crazy right now all around the nation. Even in St. Louis, we're having like record numbers. So I, I love it just for the fact that Kroenke is going to cry about it. Yeah, that's really the main reason to mention the story, that Kroenke is going to lose out on all of that cash. That I'm won- in oh, exactly. I'm wondering what's going to happen with the playoffs. Like if, you know, Aaron Rodgers gets COVID during the playoffs – Okay, maybe he's not a good example because of his crybaby and vaccine status. But, uh, <laughs> but like if – if Matt Stafford gets COVID, are they going to push that game back? Because, I mean, it, you can't, but you kind of have to because you have to give everybody a fair shot. So I'm really interested to see what's going to happen here uh, for the playoffs. And I don't know how we don't do a bubble situation where everyone yeah. is confined, at least later in the playoffs. Yeah, they're kind of limping to the finish line here, and hopefully they can get past it because this COVID situation is not – getting better it's somehow getting worse so hopefully they can figure it out and hopefully things can get back on track but you know if you live in a town that has an nfl stadium you might be getting a super bowl <laughs> sure all right on a number two it's a bad gear to be a free agent a pending free agent wide receiver as michael gallup joined chris godwin over the weekend by injuring his acl as he was about to make that free agent money this offseason. Um, I would say now it's kind of looking towards maybe he might sign the one-year deal back with uh, the Cowboys. Um, what do you think about Michael Gallup? 
I would hate that for him. He's been kind of overshadowed his entire career so far. Um, Amari Cooper did a good job of that whenever he got traded over there. And now with CD lamb there, he really doesn't, you've seen teams that can make three wide receivers work. The Cowboys aren't really that kind of team, unfortunately, because they do rely heavily on their running backs. So I, I just feel like there's not enough work to go around unless CD lamb or Cooper gets injured, which we saw earlier in the year he's not going to get enough work to make it work for him. So honestly, I don't think that one year deals in his best interest. I think he goes and signs somewhere and he maybe does a prove it deal. Hopefully there's some incentive laden deals for him out there and he can kind of get on a new team and be that number one or two. I mean, I, I don't know if he's quite a number one, but he should at least be in the conversation, especially for some of these teams like the Jaguars and really Eagles. Even um, there's some Browns, teams out there, the jets Raiders, I mean, yeah, pick, pick a team that needs a wide receiver. Oh, the Lions. Saints. Saints, because, uh, oh, I actually, uh, this isn't on your stories, but I saw a uh, meme of all the predictions of someone that had, they had said these things in the beginning of the year, and uh, Michael Thomas was going to break the uh, Saints receiving record this year, as someone put. Oh, God. And I don't know if you even know if this was before his, like, I think everyone knew he wasn't going to return at the time. I think it was like, before week one, but it was still like close to the season start. It's like that didn't work out. So that's a rough prediction, especially looking back. But I mean, if you thought Michael Thomas was coming back this year, I mean, not saying you had a clown nose on, but it, your nose is pretty red. I would have to say so kind of a kind of all saw that coming in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I kind of hoped for his sake and we for all hope sake that they would, but we yeah, all hoped. But if he wasn't going to play for Jameis, then I don't think that was going to happen. But this stings for Gallup. I really hope that he can sign with a new team. I think the amount of teams that need a wide receiver in the offseason, he's not going to have trouble finding a, a job. But it's just a matter of he's going to lose a little money. Up. I would say so, and that is, that stinks. This is this was going to this is setting up to be a fascinating wide receiver free agent class, and they're just getting hurt by the week. Hopefully. You know, everybody that's going to be a free agent this next week needs to just bubble wrap themselves. Okay, let's move on to number three. And we don't have Joseph here to talk about it, but Matt Nagy will not be back. It's reported that Matt Nagy will not be back with the team following the 2021 season, and it looks like Chicago is going in a different direction. Did I mean, we'll let him... We'll get his hot take on this next week, just so you guys. We'll start off the. We'll let him intro in with the Bears because it'll actually be the end of the Matt Nagy era, so he'll have a a really good uh, take on that, I imagine. But I, I mean, we all saw this coming, and Joe had made a comment that, and even the announcers made a comment a few weeks back that they have never fired a a, a coach during the season, and I guess they are just true to that. I mean. You're not really gaining anything by having an interim head coach in the last four weeks or anything, which is when I think they decided they were going to fire him. Um, so, I mean, we all saw this coming. Uh, it just didn't work. And th there's no excuse really, because other than, you know, Kyle Mack was injured and a couple key players were injured, but the majority of the offense was there the entire year. Allen Robinson was kind of, he was there, but he wasn't there. And for some reason, not making one of the or the best wide receiver in your team not relevant, and then having a rookie running back come in to replace Montgomery when he was injured and doing just fine, and still not being able to get out of that hole. And mm -hmm. how, how many wins do they have? Four. I think they're at 
five right now. Oh, they got five. Okay, my bad. No, they got six. They have six wins. Six wins. My bad. But yeah, okay, exactly. Ending with six wins, maybe seven if they beat the Vikings this week. Um, It's just that's not going to cut it in this league, especially with the defense that they have and the offensive, the young offensive weapons they have. Uh, I know that Fields was a learning experiment in general, and I think he'll continue to grow. But yeah, I think we all kind of saw this coming, and it's probably for the best. Yeah, kind of. It it sucks for Chicago fans because I think they thought this year was going to be. I'm not saying special or anything, but I don't think they thought it was going to be as bad when they drafted Justin Fields um, at the beginning of the season. And I mean, I don't know. All of these rookie quarterbacks haven't been particularly outstanding this season, but you know, you're wondering is it the coaching staff? Because this is going to be the second rookie quarterback who has their coach fired, like. Trevor Lawrence had his coach fired and now Justin Fields has his coach fired. So um, I think the other ones should be safe, but at the same time, I don't know. Um, And I think just what Matt Nagy was unable to do with what, who they had just kind of ruined it for him. And the bears will be fine. I think they have the right personnel to move forward, but they don't have a first round pick this year. Um, they're going to have to rebuild through free agency, it looks like, and maybe some trades. Um, going to probably have to unload that Khalil Mack contract. We'll see. Um, but I would say Matt Nagy's biggest problem was not just giving the offensive play calling over completely to Bill Lazor or whoever else could co- potentially call plays. I think that was part of the major problem there. And I think Chicago has a bright future. I don't think that they need to be doom and gloom. Um because, I mean, Green Bay, their reign's coming to an end if Aaron Rodgers leaves. Uh, the Vikings are always middle of the pack, and the Lions are god-awful. So this, you know, let's not it's not doom and gloom for Chicago, I don't think. No, the team's there. So I actually had a, a little bit I was going to do about how uh, – it almost isn't as good with Joe with, without Joe here, but uh, the Khalil Mack trade, I just want to talk about that because – that has kind of cursed them in the past few years. Not that their team wasn't good and they were bad. There was bad coaching by Nagy, but the Khalil Mack trade lost them a lot of draft picks. And I don't think anyone really realizes how just okay he's been since he's been in Chicago. His first year in, he he did great with 12 and a half sacks, but after that it was eight and a half, nine, and then injured. Um, oh, actually he was injured in, uh, no, he played, he played pretty much a full season. Uh, missed a couple games in 2018 when he got traded there. But before that, he was getting, you know, 11, 15 sacks and like 70 tackles. And that stopped really quickly when he got there. And as great as it was, as everyone wanted to hate on Gruden, and although he didn't really trade for anyone or draft anyone good there anyway in those picks, it just kind of to me, I, I guess my question to you, Billy, and would have been to Joe was, I mean, do these do these big name defensive players are they really worth three draft picks? I mean, look at Jalen Ramsey uh, has been good, but I mean he's a cornerback. Has he really weighed in that heavy? They still their past defense isn't the best in the league. It isn't the worst in the league. And then Jamal Adams to Seattle, which I think kind of blew up this year more so than anything. But really, in general, since he's been off of the Jets. I mean, those three guys are my big ones because they were all multiple number one draft picks. And it's it. Yeah. I I think that this, for me personally, it's a case by case basis. I think the Jamal Adam trade was bad. I think that was just a bad trade. I think Seattle thought, 
My problem with Seattle is I think their def- they thought their defense was a lot better and maybe one piece away when it actually wasn't. We all thought the same thing, so I don't totally blame them. I, I think we all kind of thought they were a couple pieces away from stabilizing that defense and Jamal Adams being a major part of that. But that ended, that was just a bad idea that we didn't all fully realize it at the time. The Khalil Mack trade was a great plan, and it was executed perfectly and then they lost Vic Fangio to the Denver Broncos. And I think part of not having Vic Fangio there with his defense kind of took the entire defense down a notch. Because theoretically, other than their cornerbacks, or not cornerbacks, yeah, cornerbacks, they shouldn't be that bad. I mean, Roquan Smith is a top five linebacker in the league, so they should not be having any kind of as many struggles especially on pass rushes they've been having. And Khalil Mack, as old as he is, should still be able to do something. You know, J.J. Uh, Watt was still wrecking havoc in Arizona before he got still, hurt. I mean, before, and other than being injured, yeah. So saying, like, age shouldn't matter as much as it looks like it has. So I think when they lost Vic Fangio, that was part of the major problem for the Bears. Maybe Joe can come in and tell me differently, but it feels like the entire defense got – just not it just wasn't as good when he left and i think we're seeing that again with san francisco 49ers this year as when they lost sala that defense isn't as good as it was when it went to the super bowl that's that defense was ferocious when they went to that super bowl but now they're okay but not great i mean they have a good d line but their cornerbacks are awful and just the scheme as a whole you know it's just it breaks down yeah, I, I feel like the Bears lost the least out of it, out of those three trades, because I feel like the Rams right now, everyone's thinking, oh, that Jalen Ramsey trade was fine. But like, obviously, it's been a multitude of multiple trades, especially the Goff one, too. Uh, but their their team is going to be hurting in a few years with these guys leaving and these contracts not being able to sign because they have no money, they have no draft picks, they have no young talent. Uh, unless they play the waiver wire really, really well, I feel like this team is going to go downhill in a matter of years. Well, the which, Rams are- fantasy football like let's be real oh, they're, yeah. doing, they're doing what we're doing and i can't hate them for that they're definitely trying to win right away it's just when you play fantasy football in real life it doesn't always work out yeah i think my biggest problem with the bears is you trade two number one draft picks for khalil Mack, and then you you just sign robert quinn and he's your 18 sack leader team sack leader ever uh so I, I just that was my biggest thing about it is seeing what Quinn's done this year and having him on a team. I didn't even realize how many how many sacks he had until mm-hmm. like I was like, oh yeah, he set a record for the Bears, and I was like, wait, shit, it's eighteen. Like, yeah, he looks great, and I just feel he like does. I know Mac is injured this year. It's hard to say, but like, I mean, that's what you signed him for was that exactly. eighteen sacks, and you didn't ever get that. And I think that just as a Bears fan, you have to look at those two first round picks and say, what if like you could have drafted. Uh, Nick Bosa. And they're good at drafting. So I, you know, I know Joe would probably come in here and laugh at me when I said that, but they now, drafted Roquan. They no, they're pretty good at drafting fields. They running backs, especially. They were like a running back farm. They drafted Mooney. I mean, Mooney as well. Uh, I mean, Jordan Howard, uh, right? Tariq Cohen in his day, which I don't know what happened there. Montgomery, uh, Herbert. Like they're like a running back farm, honestly. They're, they're good at drafting. They do know what they're doing. I wish I had that. Uh, in Philadelphia, personally. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, we spent an, I think we spent an appropriate amount of time on the Bears. We'll let Joe come in here and tell us where we were wrong last week. Not that he listens to the podcast, but we'll see what happens. We'll have to tell him to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. On to number five, we have actually actually have a rare Calvin Ridley update. So it's looking like reported from a couple of ATL uh, fan. I don't know if they're fan sites as far as like they cover the team, but it's looking like he might be on the move for Atlanta. It makes sense on both sides. It seems like Calvin Ridley needs a fresh start and the Falcons need to save some money. And he's got one year left on his contract. This move would save them $11 million if they were to trade him. Hopefully they can both find a, a spot that might make sense for both teams. The Falcons are in desperate need of a rebuild and hopefully they can make something work for them. Now, not to talk about my team too much, but this is the trade to go for here. Uh, everybody's talking about the Eagles going and getting, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers or signing a big, big quarterback. Jalen Hurts has proved it. Go throw one of your first round picks at Calvin Ridley right now. Atlanta would love the rebuild, having two first round picks, but um, these do look like fan based comments. This looks like stuff I read about Philadelphia, which I mean, usually there's some sort of insider information. So I have to say that there there has to be something here. Uh, usually when there's smoke, there's fire somewhere. So I would have to say that this is true. And I think it's best for both teams or their, them and whoever they give Ridley to. I think maybe a new change of scenery, a younger team, a team that has a chance to win a, a ring. And I think maybe he's looking at some of these teams that are uh, coming up with their young gun quarterbacks, really more like the Herberts and uh, Burroughs, but even Jalen Hurts. I mean, he wants a new team where he can continue to grow and, Matt Ryan is not getting any better. No, I think Matt Ryan's going to leave the team in the offseason. I think Ridley's going to be going with him too. And I think Atlanta's rebuild that they should have started this year is officially going to start next year. So I think Which that's good for him. Should be interesting for Pitts because whatever quarterback goes there, you know, is just going to feed the ball to Pitts. Yeah. I mean, he's already the fifth best tight end this year as far as yardage goes. So if he's going to be the focus of next, you know, of next year, we'll see. Well, I mean, I mean I, hopefully Gage, they can snag a wide receiver. Gage can play the wide receiver two role. So, I mean, if they can pick up, not even if they could pick up a gallop, I mean, that could mm-hmm. significantly. We've, we've watched without Ridley since what October. So, I mean, it's yep. been almost 10 weeks without Ridley and they've been actually okay. Surprisingly, um, obviously Cordell Patterson was the, feeling factor of most of that but yeah I, it's Shockingly. sad it's sad with Ridley but I, I like I said I I think what it came down to was he was feeling the pressure once Julio left and seeing how bad the team was seeing him not be get those big numbers I mean I just seeing Matt Ryan get older I mean I, nothing rude against him just in general like the team's just not there anymore and he was supposed to be this just number one guy I, I could understand the pressure getting to him can I throw something out to you that I don't think it's going to happen? Let's I'll preface this by saying this is a far-fetched idea, but there are a couple of, of pieces from the Lego set to build here. So Atlanta has Chicago's old passing game coordinator. Who is the backup right now for the Buffalo Bills? 
that might be looking for a new team probably would take a cheap deal something that you would you know a little bridge quarterback situation that would be a great interim quarterback for that team too right like it's i'm not saying it's gonna happen not reporting anything it's just don't it kind of i don't know something could be there i think well i think it's it's not even quite uh what's his face sam darnold because sam darnold actually played bad trubisky had moments I just yeah. feel like Nagy didn't know what the hell to do. I feel like they didn't use him the correct way. It was kind of like what uh, some of these running mobile quarterbacks come in and they 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 try to immediately say, "Hey, you're a pocket passer," and it's like, mm-hmm. "But I can run, coach." And then like they get yelled at probably for running on the sideline afterwards. So look what uh, this guy did with Cord- Cordell Patterson. You're telling me he doesn't think, hey, or none of them will think like, "Hey, maybe Mitch, maybe if he came down here to the." to ATL maybe he could he could do something I for mean us. Atlanta's 100% drafting a quarterback in this draft right mm, I would think so um I mean they're not going and trading for the top three or whatever is out there Russell Wilson Aaron Rodgers Watson for sure not so and I don't I mean, think they should honestly like if I was them I would get a wide receiver in the first round this year maybe get some defensive talent get a player like Mitch to bridge over and then go into 2023 draft where the quarterbacks are going to be way better i mean just way oh so better. that's why they're bringing trubisky and so they'll so they'll it, that's my that's my thought process is this year is just that we just need to bridge to the other to the next side so i don't know i'm not saying that it's going to happen i just you know I, i'm pitching that idea out to you because i think it makes a lot of sense i actually don't dislike the idea of having trubisky as the bridge quarterback as in go ahead and draft yourself a rookie put him in there because i think these these three you know, probably first mid first rounders, which is right where Atlanta's at. Mm-hmm. I personally think they could grab one of these guys and it's possible. I just and think have him sit, be some... which is what I said in the beginning is what all these rookie quarterbacks really needed to do. This class sit. legitimately should sit. There is no question at all that but, they I mean, all have developmental, like they have a, a, you know, a bit to go to be starters. Not that these two are comparable, but look at Jalen hurts. Look at uh, Patrick Mahomes. They both came in, they sat a year, they weren't league ready. And I mean, I guess Hertz had a few games in and I think Mahomes had one game in his rookie year. And then they yeah. came in their second year and they balled out. Like give these guys a chance to learn the NFL. I feel like it's a completely different game for them. And yeah. There will, there will be some good, good guys in this draft. So we'll see. I think Atlanta might be able to snag one. Honestly, they might grab Matt Corral. Who's hurt right now. He would be a good, good signing for them i don't know i just think atlanta they've got they've got some pieces i think they can make something happen here okay number five and this is more of just a john madden's gonna be on the cover of madden next year right absolutely we don't have to even like exactly don't even need to love john madden i think a lot of people are gonna like you know pitch out there oh it's gonna it could be jonathan taylor could be justin jefferson it's gonna be john madden i don't think there's any if ands or buts about it. What's what Jonathan Taylor has done, what Justin Jefferson has done is phenomenal. What Cooper Cup has done is mm-hmm. all phenomenal. And I hope they do it again so they can be on the cover next year. But it's it's John, <laughs> it's John Madden. For sure, for sure. Okay. Just had to clarify that. Okay. Then the last topic we have, which is, you know, kind of been the big one, and that's Mr. Antonio Brown. So I have put together a list. I'll get to your opinions first because I, ha- I have a list to get to to the top four NFL players to ever quit in the middle of a football game. Where are you going with this? I, I you know, I think number one's pretty obvious, but I have three more that I think 
are fascinating. Well, I don't even know what you're talking about. So go ahead and start with four, like work yourself up, you know? Okay. Yeah. We'll get to the list. Top four players to ever quit in the middle of a football game. Number four, Mike Wallace, Miami Dolphins. In 2014, they were playing against, also playing against the Jets. Uh, oh, he, he walked off the field in the uh, end of the second quarter and never came back into the game. And after the uh, after the game had one of his teammates answer all of the questions for him in the press conference, he was there so he didn't get fined. Obviously, you know, shouts to our our guy Marshawn Lynch. And then three months later, he was traded to the Minnesota Vikings. So Mike Wallace, number four. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't want to play on that Miami team either. I get it, man. He came for. We all remember how good he was in, at the Pittsburgh. And then we thought when he got traded or not, I don't even know if he was traded. I think he was just signed there as a free agent to Miami. We were hoping for the best, but things just didn't work out. And he ended up quitting on the team. Number three, the 2007 AFC championship game. LaDainian Tomlinson was dealing with an MCL sprain in his leg and famously rode the exercise bike for the entire uh, I think it was the th- second half of the third quarter and then the whole fourth quarter of the game while Phillip Rivers was out on the field with a torn ACL trying to win the game. Famous moment, LaDainian Tomlinson quit on his football team. Man, LT was the GOAT, too. I, I just think I just think the wear and tear hit him. And, I mean, you, you we saw it. He fell off a cliff that year. It was – he had the touchdowns, but the yardage wasn't there. The burst wasn't there. Um, yeah, but they I, probably could have won that AFC championship game had he come back in, but he didn't. And that's what yeah, happened. I mean, you see p- players play all the time injured. Um, we'll get, we'll get to one. More Literally but... Philip Rivers played with oh, a torn ACL in that game. As much as I hate to give your guy credit, which I have a bit for at some point during the off season. Um, he played with a torn labrum all year. Like I yeah, mean, I, I have the majority of the year. I have a lot to say about that coming up. Number two, in 2018, Vontae Davis uh, decided he was done playing football at halftime of the Bills game against the Chargers, and he just never came back. It was one of the most interesting days in, in NFL football. I could not believe what I was hearing, but, yeah, he never came back out of the locker room, and he never came back to football. Vontae Davis, number two. I remember that game. I was watching it at the time. Uh, the, the reporter came out at halftime, and you usually talk about what are your adjustments, and they're just like Vontae Davis isn't coming back. <laughs> yeah, he's just done. Okay, number one, and this is going to go down as an all timer: Antonio Brown walking off and doing jumping jacks in the end zone in the middle of the game versus the Jets this past Sunday. The number one all time moment of an NFL player quitting in the middle of a football game. Uh, I, it's sad. I mean, it was, it was comical and I think we all had a good laugh during it all, but man, it was sad. Nobody, like it's gotta be CTE, right? Like there is there. I, I don't think it might not be all of that, but I think whatever is going on with his brain chemistry is in a bad place right now. It's like, is it Devontae's perfect hit? Is it just football in general? I don't think it's just that. I think it's what he's been dealing with for a while. 
All right. So there's, I feel like there's three, three possible things that happened here. And there's the CTE Vontae's perfect hit and multiple other hits. I'm sure he's had many concussions throughout his career, which is plays into the mental health aspect here. And he's just, which we've seen over the last four years. And like you said, it's kind of sad that we're just now like realizing that, Oh shit, like this might actually be bad. Like, and then you got number two where Antonio Brown's just an asshole. And that's a very good possibility as well. And then my personal favorite is the third one, which reports came out afterwards. And I think this is the most conspiracy corner. One of them. Uh, number three is Arians. Uh, Bruce Arians is an asshole. I mean, look, their entire team was injured. I mean, we got Godwin, Mike Evans, who was limping through a hamstring injury. Uh, Gronk's the only healthy one out there. I guess they got a couple of their tight ends. They lost uh, our boy uh, Fournette before the game, mm-hmm. or the game before. Then Rojo goes out. Keyshawn Vaughn goes out. So they're, they're on their fourth string running back, who is Le'Veon Bell. Uh, and then I think they're run, running a practice string guy this next week. And so they have no running backs. They have uh, – I don't even know who the wide receiver is that cut that touchdown. I already forgot his name. Uh, they got no wide receivers out there. And Bruce Arians might have just been like, Antonio, get the fuck out there. We need you. Like, what's going on? And, and maybe Antonio was like, hey, man, my ankle is not feeling well. He's been dealing with an ankle injury himself the last four weeks, five weeks. I mean, he came back a little prematurely, it seemed, even though this, he's in a walking boot like two weeks ago. So, I mean, there is that possibility. But then again, the other two just make more sense. I, I don't know. I, I what, what do you think? I mean, a little bit of mental health, a little bit of him being a jackass. I think those so you don't two, think that Arians could be the jackass in this situation. I mean, he's trying to, there's a possibility, jack. but I mean, at the same time, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if he was injured, maybe he shouldn't have been out there. Like, that's the thing. Like, if you're not available for the game, you're not available for the game. That's, but that's I mean, fine. He could have just re injured it. Maybe it was they were losing to the Jets, too. I mean, he was just being yeah, an asshole. I mean, there's, there. a, yeah, there's plenty of reasons and they're all understandable. Like, I, I'm not, it, I was not in his shoes. I don't know why he did it. I think if his ankle was hurting that bad, the jumping jacks in the end zone were a bad look a little bit. <laughs> That's fair. But I think the, only, just... the only reason I think, uh, and I guess there's a couple explanations to this, but I feel like the only reason that I think that it might be on Arians is because they haven't cut him yet. He's still on oh, the active no, roster. No, hundred percent. There's a team that will sign him if and then that's the other option is yes. that they don't want to cut him for no, the they don't want to cut him because there's a team you know he'll go to the Cowboys that are I was already lined say, up to sign him. He'll go sure. to the team that's playing uh, against Tampa and go and ball out and score. Yeah, no, they have not signed him for strategic reasons, and I don't I don't even think that that's debatable. They they are keeping they're gonna keep him for the rest of the season because they know there's a team that's gonna sign him immediately as soon as they let him go. And I can't blame him. Strategically, it makes sense. I mean, he's going to get as many chances as somebody's going to allow him to have. I do have a question, though. So after the game, he went to the Nets basketball game. Was that the same day, by the way? No, it might have been the next day. Okay, I was wondering. So Antonio Brown got caught with a fake vaccine card, which makes you think that he's not vaccinated. How the hell did he get into that basketball game? He's Antonio Brown. He probably walked in the back door. This is so like he like actively were watching him break COVID protocols in New York. Like the building could be fined for that. 
Yeah, I mean, technically, he could be vaccinated by this moment because it's I mean, we been... don't know. That's the thing. We don't know that if he's vaccinated or not. But or just maybe suspicious. he's flashing his fake vaccine card, and they're just like, ah, it's that's Antonio. what that's like, what I was thinking. Like, does he still have the fake vaccine card? And that's how he got past the Brooklyn. I mean, security people because not... I mean, it's fine if they let him in because he's Antonio Brown. But at the same time, he, there's currently restrictions in New York where the business, if they allow people in that don't have vaccine cards, they're going to get fined. So you're just putting your building up for agreed potential uh, city fine. Not that I condone breaking the law by any means, but it, it, it looks <laughs> like it's very easy to fake a vaccine card. It seems that way. It, for it, sure. it, I mean, I literally have a pharmacist friend who wrote mine because he's the one who gave me my vaccine. And he's literally like, yeah, here's the card and then writes on it. And then, and then I didn't even have my original one where I had the first one because I got the second one from him. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, don't worry. What day did you get it on? I'm like, okay, well, that was that was, seems too easy. I feel like <laughs> yeah. it would have been more regulated, but yeah, uh, it's also true. Antonio Brown. He could walk into Walgreens and be like, hey, give me one of them vaccine cards. And yeah, that's okay. probably true too. But okay, that's all I have for news. Um, we, could continue, we could probably go on another 20 minutes talking about Antonio Brown. It's very fascinating. The story about this dude's life is very I, interesting. If they don't make a movie about him. I know that's like condoning. Well, it's crazy because he started but... out in Miami. He was living homeless on the street at like 16. And, you know, that's, where his, life, that's where his life started. And now to get to where he is now, He's it's just homeless on Miami Street. Been a, uh, <laughs> been a, <laughs> you couldn't help yourself, could you? I could. Um, yeah, it's a very fascinating story. We could go on another you know, another 20 minutes, but we'll save everyone the time. Nico, you got yourself a hell of an autographed Jersey, my friend. Dude, that is a rare Jersey. Now uh, it was Not already rare. Was, it was already rare because he was, he didn't even play it down for the Raiders. So uh, the fact that he signed an autographed a Jersey for a team, he didn't even play for is just the best. I've had to explain the timeline of Antonio. We'll, we'll get over this. After. <laughs> but like people ask me, like I told like my wife and I told like my boss and like a couple of people about it just because it's, I mean, it's amusing. I mean, in a sad, sad way, like there's obviously a mental health aspect to it, like which, you know, I always explain, but I literally like have to go through like, oh yeah, well, and then he quit the team and demanded a trade, but, but not to them. And then, you know, and then you go through the whole story of Antonio Brown and after you like say it all, you're like, man, kind of sad like it's I, uh, but it, but it's yet humorous in a weird way so i don't, I don't know yeah okay let's get on to the one minute recaps of our teams mine is not going to be a minute so i think i'll let you go first all right let's uh let's let's join into the positives um the eagles have now clinched uh, a playoff berth obviously it took a little bit of help uh in the three o'clock hour and then the uh sunday night game but uh, man, did this game look awful and we cannot, I talked about this last week or the week before. I don't know. We cannot do this. We cannot let a team good get up to us. We're going to start playing good teams soon. AKA the Rams, Buccaneers, Cowboys, or pack. Well, actually, sorry, Rams, then Packers or Buccaneers, Cowboys early. Um, so yeah, you can't, you can't do this. You gotta, you gotta win straight up and hopefully Miles Sanders can come back. Cause I think that will be our saving grace, but Boston Scott hasn't looked terrible. Uh, just not great. Jordan Howard's going to be healthy again, hopefully. Uh, Jalen Hurts, just decision-making is all it comes down to. And honestly, other than that, our team is pretty healthy. We lost a couple guys early in the season, um, but nothing huge. I mean, we lost uh, Brandon Graham and a, a couple offensive linemen, but it's not terrible. Uh, got a little COVID outbreak going, and I'm glad that's happening during Week 18. Uh, if this happens any sooner, I'd be really angry. 
uh, or any later, I'd be really angry. So hopefully everybody stays healthy. Uh, we have a good matchup against preferably not the Cowboys because we will lose to them. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm just happy to be here more so than anything. I love the, the haters. The haters hated on Eagles all off season. They had him, them at the 20th ranking uh, the entire year. Uh, lower than that bottom five bottom 10 team the whole year i went on a whole rant about how they're not a bottom 10 team and here they are in the playoffs excited to be here all right i feel you i i mean y'all get a little bit of a taste of the cowboys this weekend i don't know if the cowboys are playing for anything i don't think any i don't think either team are going to be playing any other starters the only thing they could do is okay. the cowboys could hypothetically move up uh to like the second seed well so the eagles wouldn't want to solidify themselves at whatever seed. Well, the problem is we would only get six seed if we win and the 49ers lose. Um, and then we play the Buccaneers. And so, oh, but Rams. you would probably get that either way. If you know, so, okay. So, so this is the, this is the, I, I've, I've played this out a bunch of times. If the Cowboys beat the Eagles uh, and I'm, I'm still thinking the Rams are going to win. I mean, against the 49ers or they have the chance to, I don't know what the Cowboys tiebreaker is on the Bucks and the Rams, but they're down a game currently. And then the Cardinals are there too, who could also win, probably will win against the Seahawks. But Cowboys and Eagles both aren't starting any of their starters, I don't think, because there's not really anything you move up on. You're not getting the number one seed. Packers got that locked yeah. up. And Philly doesn't have a choice what they do because it matters who wins between New Orleans and San Francisco. That makes sense. I'm wondering if the Rams play, though. Like, do you play your starters if you're the Rams? I, mean, I think so, just because they have the chance. They to don't get have their the division, two- I guess. Well, they and they don't have not only not only that they also don't have the two seed. I think, um, well, I think they're fighting with the Bucks for it. So if they lose, yeah, they have the tiebreaker against three. the Bucks, and the Buckers Bucks play the Panthers. So the they could, Buckers, the like Buckers. But, uh, yeah, so I, I mean, it's it's interesting, but I don't think the Eagles and Cowboys really have anything to play for. No, if the Cowboys right, win, no. the Bucks will still win, and they'll still be at the number two seed. So. Really, probably I'm, why they put them on Saturday because yeah. the game doesn't matter. It doesn't. I'm 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 hoping the Rams win. I'd much rather. Although I don't know, the Buccaneers playing them right now sounds. I think the Bucks is the the team you would like to play. I, I think we can beat the Rams though. Um, in a weird way, the Cowboys we cannot play well against, and the Cardinals are wishy washy. Uh, either way, we're probably playing the Packers next the and we week two of the playoffs and getting just absolutely wrecked so for sure yeah okay let's get let me just get on to my browns rant it's going to be longer than a minute and i apologize for that but we're talking about an entire season here so you know i don't get to talk about the playoffs i just get to talk about what happened i get understand with my brain the hate for baker mayfield i get it i watch the games every week i understand what you're watching and why he looks like a piece of garbage on the side of the road. I get that. However, can we not forget that prior to his shoulder injury this year, he was an okay quarterback. They were three and one. What are you talking about? He was 40 for 49, 534 yards, multiple touchdowns, went toe to toe with the Chiefs in week one, by the way, should have won that game if Nick Chubb wouldn't have fumbled the ball and the defense wouldn't have been that was That was Tyree a good game. Hill. That was not Baker Mayfield's fault. He played great in that game. A lot of people forgot about that. He also played well against the Chargers with a torn labrum, went head-to-head with Justin Herbert. Who blew that game? The defense, who gave up 45 points or whatever the fuck. It was 47 or something points. 
That was not Baker Mayfield's fault. When did you his labrum? Was it week seven? It was week no, six? it was week four against the Texans. Mm. And last year, folks, last year they were eleven and five. They were one play away from beating the Chiefs and going to the AFC Championship game after throttling the Steelers. That happened just last season. And Baker played great last season. He played fine. Not in, And that was with the receiving core. That was total garbage. Total bad. They were not good. Odell is not good, guys. I get this whole narrative on, on Twitter where every time – Baker has a bad game. They're like, oh, well, I thought Odell was the problem. What is Odell doing for the Rams that he didn't do for the Browns? He's catching five balls for 30 yards. Is that impressive? Is that shocking? Is that something that I need to, you know, everybody needs to get up and dance about? He's catching touchdowns, sure. Everybody on the team's catching touchdowns. But he's not doing anything. He is perfectly fine being the number two wide receiver on that team behind Cooper Cup which is perfect for Odell. He doesn't actually have to do anything on the fucking football team. If they didn't have him, they would be in the exact same position they are now. He's made a couple of good catches for the Rams, but overall he's been pretty freaking useless. And that's exactly what the Browns problem was with Odell Beckham. He was useless as the number one. He's not a number one wide receiver and never will be again. He's perfect as a number two or number three option. That's the freaking problem that the Browns have. His Landry and Joku, fucking Austin Hooper, who couldn't catch a ball if you threw it straight at him. They have all these players that are not very good at football catching the fucking football. They had seven drops against the Steelers. They were to their fucking hands, and they couldn't catch them. Higgins, a nightmare. DPJ looks like a solid number three. Jarvis Landry, great slot position. That should not be your number one wide receiver, and everybody fucking knows it. I just, I, you guys, the team was one in 31 before Baker Mayfield got there. They had won one game in two fucking seasons. He took him to the playoffs last year behind, it was him, and I get it. You can say that was a run game. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were great. It is. It, but Baker was great too. He was great in the position they needed him to be. They need to get receiving talent around him. I, I'm sorry. That's all. I, I just had to get it off my chest. I get it. He's been shitty with a torn labrum. And what he should have done was he should have gone and got fucking surgery. So everybody didn't have these 12 games that happened at the end of the season to hold over his head about how garbage he is. Because if he'd have gotten that fucking surgery when he tore his labrum back in week four, he would be just as good as he was and just remembered just as good as he was at the beginning of the season and last season because he wouldn't have these bad games with a torn shoulder that won't allow you to lift your fucking arm over your head. They wouldn't be using that against him. So I'm sorry. I just, I got, I've had enough of seeing the Baker Mayfield slander on Twitter because I feel like people have just totally forgotten. What, how good he fucking was at the beginning of the season and last season because they just want to tap dance on Baker Mayfield's grave. The upgrade is not always going to be better. Sure, if they got Deshaun Watson, sure, if they got, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, sure, fine. They're not coming to fucking Cleveland. They're not going to waive their no trade clause to come to fucking Cleveland. It's, no, it's never going to happen. And if you're going to go back to the draft, well, welcome to fucking Cleveland for the last fucking. I feel years. like that's the biggest problem. I'm going to stop you because we're good. We're good. Everybody's good. I. It's I, just we got to understand what we're talking okay. about. That's all. All right. 
my thing about all of this is Baker Mayfield has been good, but not great. I think the talent level was everyone said Baker Mayfield was this next star and he hasn't been there before this. I agree that he should have had surgery. And honestly, he's really just delaying the inevitable rehab process, which he's going through now. And it's going to be hard for him to get back to week one uh, and be fully healthy. It's going to be hard to be fully healthy in general. Um, my, my biggest problem with the Browns is, you're right. They they were the shittiest team in the NFL, for, the laughing stock of the NFL for the longest time. And Baker did pull them out of that slump. But the amount of number one draft picks also pulled them out of that slump. I'm not saying I'm not doubting on Baker's Ooh. ability here. I don't know the, the offensive Other linemen, uh, the Nick Chubbs. I know he's not a first round pick, but their draft their draft position definitely helped them uh, become a better a better team overall. Like I mean, in that same draft, they drafted Baker Mayfield. They drafted Denzel Ward with their second first round pick. Denzel Ward has been a joke. Like nobody remembers that joke, though. They, exactly. Nobody remembers that though because that wouldn't be you know. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you get off your. I'm, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna. That's fine. I'm gonna get off of it. I'm just saying they took Brandon Whedon in the first round. Not good. They took Johnny Manziel in the first round. All right, we. I, I, I'm still. I'm still about this. In in the offseason, we're gonna go through all the Browns quarterbacks and what they have done and their best game. Uh, but fine. yes, I agree. Thirty one before he stepped on the field. Baker Mayfield turned the team around. I will give him that. It has been a lot of Nick Chubb in these running game, but at the same time. He also got them six wins when they couldn't even do that. So in his rookie year. So anyway, let's get on to uh, our next. Uh, are we just going to get into the games now? We can yeah, skip, we can skip the Bears. Well, I feel like um, we about the we'll Bears just say enough. the DFS follow at OP Economist on Twitter. He will win you money. It's guaranteed. 18 is going to be week. 18 is going to be a really funky week in DFS because there's going to be a lot of players that you're going to get dirt cheap that are going to get a lot of playing time. And there's going to be players that have incentives laid in their contract that are they're going to try to get to at the end of this week. Like Antonio Brown. Just kidding. Do not put him in. Yeah, do not put him in because he's probably not going to reach those incentives. But it's sad. It is sad. But follow at OP Economist on Twitter. He will be putting out some picks. Believe me, he's won me money this year. He's won himself money this year. He's going to win you money this year. So. We'll get on to the game previews. Like I said before we started, not going to be a huge – we're not going to talk, start, sit, stop. We're just going to kind of go over the games, tell you who you need to pay attention to and who you don't need to pay attention to. So I'll start out with the first one, which is the Chiefs versus the Broncos on Saturday afternoon. Uh, the Chiefs actually do have something to play for in this game. They're still vying for the one seed, I believe, in the AFC because they are tied with the Tennessee Titans right now. So my thoughts is they are going to play their starters in this game. They don't normally do that, but I think they will, um, just in case they can get that first round by. Uh, the Broncos with Drew Locke look god-awful. I know you've got Javante. I know you've got Melvin Gordon. They are not doing dirt. They're not doing dog shit with Drew Locke, and that was very apparent last week against the Chargers, who have a terrible run defense and locked up Javante and Melvin Gordon. They didn't do anything. So, And the Chiefs have a very good defense. They're coming off of the loss against the Bengals. I don't think they're going to let the Broncos do anything at all. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I, the only thing I'd be interested in is like, cause this game's before all the other games. So they don't mm-hmm. even have the chance to like, Oh, Tennessee won. So we don't have a chance to play and sit our service. That's kind of weird, right? It's kind of shitty for the chiefs personally. That, Cause they don't normally do that because this, good. there legitimately is something on the line here. They could get the one seed if they win and the Titans lose against the Texans. Exactly. I mean, it's not, it's not likely, but it could happen. So, yeah, I, I don't like that they're doing that. Honestly, I like that the Eagles Cowboys game here because they're kind of playing for nothing. I mean, they're both in the same boat. Like they could move up a seed hypothetically. Yeah, but it's not their their it's not their call whether that happens. Yeah, exactly. So I I agree with this. But even this, like they could put uh, two teams that are out on these two games. I get that they're trying to spice up the weekend and now they have Saturdays from college football. But um okay so this one's tough for me um you're not starting anyone really but like if you wanted to get like some cheap uh Eagles who would be plays, like who's like a dfs player that you that's know? what i was gonna say yeah. so my my watch here is gardner quarterback wise gardner Minshew. i think that oh, yeah i think they're gonna give it for one hertz has had the ankle issue as it is uh they're separating Minshew and hertz right now which i think i think is really smart uh, but Gardner Minshew, I think that they want to give him a start here in case there is a one an injury or two a COVID outbreak. Uh, so I think they're going to want Minshew to just get some playing time here, and they're not going to go put Reed Sennett out there uh, to completely lose the game. I think they're going to give themselves at least a decent chance. All the running backs are out. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell will probably play, but like you're not starting him, and probably you'll see some carry on Johnson. But Scott and Howard are already out, and I think Miles Sanders is obviously out. So. Um, and then, you know, the lead receivers just don't even touch the receivers anytime ever. Uh, <laughs> interesting tight end, though. Uh, Tyree Jackson uh, is going to be good in the future. Uh, pick him up in uh, Dynasty if you can right now because okay. he should be free, basically. Nobody's going to grab him. And uh, Stoll has COVID and Goddard has COVID and neither would have played. At, well, Goddard wouldn't have played, to be, to be fair. But they did get COVID on Monday, so... And I'm not sure what they're going to do with defense, so don't touch that. But Cowboys-wise, it's interesting. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I haven't heard any reports yet. I with don't them. think Parsons is playing. I know that Parsons was out, going to be out, but offensively, like I would keep an eye out on them because they do have some really good weapons as their third and fourth. Like Cedric Wilson would be a great wide receiver play, uh, especially if they sit CD and Amari. Uh, or is Cedric Wilson even alive anymore? Yeah, Cedric Wilson's there. Okay, I just want to make sure he wasn't like injured or something. Okay, if he's injured, don't play him. Uh, just fun fact. Oh no, he's still there. Okay, um, and then Gallup's obviously out, so they're not going to go out there with. Oh, Simi Fehoko, Joe's favorite guy, could be out there. Yeah, that's uh, true. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not super excited about this because I don't know what they're doing, um, and I don't think Cooper Rush is going to go out there if they sit back. So I'm just saying, Gardner Minshew and uh, Tyree Jackson would be the only Eagles I'd really be excited about playing. Okay. Um, on to the Bengals and Browns. Bengals are sitting everybody on their team. So you're going to get all the backups for Cincinnati. Um, I The only person on that team I would consider playing is Samaje Ryan. He's been very good when Joe Mixon is out normally. So I, j- Just to be clear, we're not saying start these guys in fantasy championships if you somehow have them. I mean, I might daily. consider Samaje Ryan. That might be okay. actually a good play. That's fair. Um, and I, I, obviously for I DFS, hope you're not in fantasy too. anymore. I hope it's all over. I hope so season. too, but we, you know, we got to talk through these games just in case. Um, and we'll get through some of these other ones quicker because there's a lot, a lot less to talk about. Browns, there's nothing to talk about. Do not play a Brown this weekend. I don't think that would be a smart move. Yeah. Um, Vikings, Bears, I'm not sure exactly what they're doing right now, but um, 
I mean, they're both out, so... Well, what's-his-name's back and playing um, Cousins. So, yeah, and Fields is there. So I think you honestly just got a normal matchup here. I don't Unless yeah. just keep an eye out if they, like, sit Cook or something. But I'm pretty sure... I know Fields and Cousins are playing. So, I mean, you got pretty much a normal matchup because they're not playing for anything. They're just playing for stats. Mm-hmm. Um, on to the Packers and Lions. Packers are probably sitting everybody. Green Bay is only a four-point favorite. So Vegas is telling you they are for sure. Not going to play like Devontae, not going to play um, either Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers. Um, a little fascinated by whether AJ Dillon plays in this game or not. That would be interesting. Um, the Lions, you got to start a Monterey St. Brown. What a star. They, I, I yeah. think going forward, a lot of people, I'm not lying, a lot of people on Twitter are saying that, well, better get your Monterey St. Brown uh, prices while you can because once Quintus Cephas comes back, I'm like, why the hell would Quintus Cephas be taking? A Monterey St. Brown spot. I mean, right. if anything, no, they'll just use him too. Number but, one, I was going to say, don't down on my boy Cephas. I think he's going to come back. And I, I think he's two, not taking a Monterey no, St. Brown. I think it's them two and whatever wide receiver they exactly. get. Exactly. Like, that's what I'm getting, saying. Like, I, I don't know why people keep thinking that once Cephas comes back, that's a Monterey St. Brown's death note. Like, hell no. He's earned his spot on the starting spot. I would say him and Cephas will be out there. And then whatever else the Lions do. But a Monterey is that guy. Yeah, and then uh, I I agree. I think uh, I think Lions are going to go out there and show that they got something. Like they want to they want to test out these young guys, see if they're worth mm-hmm. keeping on. So keep an eye out on that. I assume they'll probably still lose somehow, but I don't know. Lions have actually been playing some pretty competitive games lately. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then on to Washington Giants. Uh, you pretty much treat this as you would. Do not start any of those Giants wide receivers ever, forever mm-hmm. and ever and ever. And as Jake Fromm starting, I believe. Yeah. Um, and Antonio Gibson is questionable and or out or as COVID. Uh, one of the one of the things I've seen <laughs> one some, of the options. I've seen many reports about him, but I have not paid any attention because it doesn't relate to me anymore. But uh, yeah, no, I mean you treat this like a normal game, McLaurin, of course. Um, and then I mean you could start Heineke would be actually a sneaky start for uh, if you're still in it, and not to mention daily. So for sure. Okay, on to. Who's next? It's the Colts and the Jaguars. Uh, Colts actually do have something to play for. They could potentially get to the five seed if um, New England loses this weekend. So they're going to just pound the Jaguars. Jonathan Taylor should be who you're building around as far as your running back goes. I think he is going to absolutely demolish the Jaguars this weekend. And I don't think they're going to try to press much of Colt or for Wentz because I – this would not be the time to press Wentz's health, but Jonathan Taylor, fire him up. No problem. Any of the Colts players you could probably play in. No problem. Jags do not try it. Have you wanted to start a Jag in a long time? I mean, other than James Robinson still don't Nope. Yeah. So my, my thing about the Colts would be, obviously you're never going to sit Taylor. I mean, and honestly, I just, I just for daily, I don't think I'm buying the Jonathan Taylor. I think this is going to be one of those mixed bags. I think this is an easy game for them. So I think they give Jonathan Taylor some touches, but I think this might be like a sneaky daily Marlon Mack or Heinz Heinz probably more likely um, because other than, other than stats right now, Jonathan Taylor doesn't need the ball anymore. You need to rest him. I mean, he's going to get some work, but I don't think they're going to pound the rock too much with him this game just because they're pretty much in the playoffs. They win this game. They're in the playoffs. I think he could get two touchdowns in like the first half and then they don't play him again. That's also possible. Just keep him fresh, but I just wouldn't want to, if they lose Jonathan Taylor, they lose everything. So right. I imagine they won't use him terribly, but like Heinz could be one of those weird things or even Mac who plays in the second half and just like gets like three touchdowns against the Jags. 
for sure. Uh, Steelers Ravens, uh, both yep. fighting for the playoffs. Uh, I don't think either one of them are going to make it though. Unfortunately, nope, they would need a, they would need the, they need the Jags to the yeah, Jags. They need the Jags to win. So yeah, they're, they're pretty much out, but they're both kind of fighting for it. So I think he pretty much play this as usual. I mean, they're still, they won't, they football. won't know what's going on. I mean, they're playing at the same time. So it's not like they're, there's a chance advantage. they pull them. If the Colts go up by like 40 at half time, <laughs> there, there is a chance. That but that at the happens. same time, like at that point, the season's <laughs> over. What's the point in pulling anyone? Like, I don't exactly. think, so. I don't think Lamar's, I don't know. Is Lamar playing? I feel like they no. were talking about him trying to, I, if they're smart, they'll just sit him for the season I think and let Huntley finish it out. I would say that Najee Harris is the start here and Mark Andrews, of course, but uh, Najee Harris would be a good start here for daily, especially because I think he is just going to try to pile on those stats and ben, big Ben's garbage. So <laughs> not wrong there. Okay. On to the Titans, Texans Titans are still fighting for that number one seed. Um, there are reports that King Henry is coming back this week. He is not going to play though. Do not get cute. Um, if you have Derek Henry, I appreciate you holding on to him all season, but he's not playing. Um, if you're in the championship and then uh, daily fantasy, obviously don't fall into that trap either. Uh, the Texans, I actually do think have a lot to play for because they, they got a lot of pride on their team and I think they'll, they're actually going to try. So Davis Mills, Brandon cooks, you might even get a Rex Burkhead in, you know, a touchdown from him in there. Titans have a really stout defense though. So at the same time, I'm not even sure how well they're going to do. Titans are a good football team. And we've just kind of slept on it the entire season, thinking that the rug was going to get pulled out from under him. And I don't think it is. The problem is not that it will probably happen, but like if hypothetically the Broncos beat the Chiefs, they don't have anything to play for. So that's those, true. Those they'll, Titans they'll be watching be, for that. But yeah. if the if the Chiefs do beat the Broncos, then the Titans have everything to play for. Exactly. So I mean, and they are probably going to win. Both teams are probably going to win, and the Titan, Titans will probably be our number one seed. So. Just some something to keep out, keep an eye out on. It might be with the same mm-hmm. situation with uh, they go up and they pull Tannehill, you know. Um, and then Saints and Falcons. Uh, Saints do they actually tech? Isn't the Falcons somehow? No, they are officially no, eliminated. That's eliminated. right. Um, yeah. So the Falcons are playing for pride at this point. Kyle Pitts is your play here. I, this game. Kyle Pitts is going for some, the record. Your Saints. So. You're sitting everyone, especially in daily. You can play Kamara if you want, man. I'm, I'm done with Kamara uh, until they get a quarterback that isn't Taysom Hill or whatever the hell's going on with that team. Taysom Hill might be a good play for DFS. Yeah. Taysom Hill could be good for DFS. I kind of forgot he's coming back. Um, yeah. Falcons wise. I mean, gauge good sleeper, but he's, he's kind of expensive in daily right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of gauges price anymore. He's gone up above the Renfro's and, uh, I'd rather play Renfro. The Renfro line. Is the Renfro line. Play. Yeah, exactly. I love me a Renfro. I've been putting him in pretty much every lineup. He gets like 14 points every week if not more. So uh, yeah, you're not, you're not starting a whole lot here. No, no, no one on saints other than Taysom Hill, maybe Kamara, but Kamara's price tag is probably too high Falcons. It's pits and gauge. And Oh, I guess Cordell Cordell can be fun. Oh yeah. Even though they've kind of weirdly stopped using him did. as much. They did. It's, it's awkward. It's been very strange. Okay. On to the jets versus Buffalo. Uh, this should not be close, but the bills actually do have to play for, um, the AFC East is, is still on the line. Obviously, they're going to probably beat the Jets, but they might not. And if they don't, uh, they don't win the AFC East. So Buffalo's favored by 16. 
I think they should be able to put this one away pretty easily. Um, the last time these two teams played, I bet Josh that Michael Carter wouldn't score, and he didn't until the fourth quarter during a garbage time touchdown. Um, might be able to see something like that happen again today or during this game. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, they both play layup games, and the Bills will probably win, but it kind of sucks for the Bills and the Patriots, which I'll get on to now. The Patriots play the Dolphins, and mm-hmm. they both have to play, um, which kind of sucks. Wait, the Dolphins are out. Never mind, I forgot. Um, but yeah, so it's it sucks for the Patriots that they have to play this game because they're playing for the division. They've already clinched playoff berth, but like they both play layup games, in my opinion, so it's like, why put these games at the same time? But I guess why give someone an unfair advantage to be able to rest? So right. uh, your, your Mac Jones is always sitting until next year. And hopefully he learns a little bit more. Um, our boy uh, who finally got our touchdown this year, which uh, his name is escaping me right now. Um, oh, Christian Wilkerson. No, no, or no Christian Myers. Wilkerson would be interesting. Um, yeah, no, I was talking about uh Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then the running backs just – I They put up one. 50 points last week. I know they were playing the Jags, but that's just crazy. Yeah, I, I, I like them for stats. Um, and, you know, Damian Harris could be good. And is Stevenson alive? He is. He played well last week. Yeah, I was going to say they're both pretty good. So, I mean, either one could be – I'd probably go with maybe the cheaper option because they might pull them and put the other one in. Mm-hmm. But you never know, J.J. Taylor might be in there. So, I don't know. If, I'd yeah. probably stay away from the running backs here because they'll play half the game probably. Um, and they Dolphins are pretty stout team though, so who knows? They, this might not be just a, a pushover. And then your boy Waddle's just going for stats at this point, so fire him up. Waddle, this motherfucker. I'm sorry. He – ruined DFS for probably everyone last week, including my pickums that I had him over six and a half receptions. He only got four. This motherfucker. I get it, man. I he get it. Blew it. Sorry, it's not it's not on Waddle. It's just, you know, I had I had faith and it was ripped away from me. I've put Waddle in pretty much every lineup as well throughout the year. So so 49ers Rams. This I think this is probably gonna be one of the best games of the day. Both of these teams are fighting for something. Rams are fighting to keep the NFC West and the 49ers are fighting to get into the playoffs. So both of these teams have to try. I think you should start everybody in this game because this is going to be, this is a pseudo playoff game in my opinion. Yeah. And you're going to get stats from this. If you don't have someone from this game in your lineup, I think you're wrong. Okay. So I do want to say this to everyone, uh, the over under receiving yards for Cooper cup this weekend is 126. Damn. That's the over under. Like from Vegas, dude. So, I just remember booking an over over under in like week nine of his, and it was seventy four. And I was like, I gotta go with over, right? Yeah. Like, well, last week against the Baltimore Ravens, it was only seventy five. This this one is one hundred and twenty six. If I that guess, should tell you how this game is being viewed. Yeah, and I mean, not to mention he's going for stats too. I think mm-hmm. that's the thing. He's going for the record. I mean, not that he's going for the record. I think Stafford just loves him. So I mean, literally. Half of his almost half of his touchdowns are to Cooper. Some Cup, question so. marks about Stafford, by the way, but we don't have to get into that. Uh, we'll get into that in the offseason, but for sure, Rams are going for it all. They, they it's a lot of, a lot of Detroit, you know, you can take the Stafford out of Detroit, can't take the Detroit out of Stafford. Just, just saying, I think Stafford's always been that like pretty great. I can't say great, and I can't say Pick good. six king. Yeah, he, he definitely that? misses some, he definitely misses some good plays. Uh, anyway, let's keep it rolling, and then yep. let's get on to uh, the Cardinals. Same same division, Cardinals-Seahawks. Seahawks are out of it, but Russell Wilson might want to prove that he's worth something 
So I'm not saying start him, but if if the price, I'm sure the price tag isn't cheap because his name tag. Uh, but I I think Russell Wilson's got something to prove here, whether or not he this game actually works or not. But Kyler, is he playing? Are they playing? I I, I haven't heard anything. Yeah, because they gotta they gotta try to beat the Rams for the division. That's true. So they are playing for division. So Cardinals are all in in for it. I think Ertz is your uh, weird sneaky play here for daily. Um, apparently this dude what what was that guy's name that caught those two touchdowns last week that kyler apparently loves uh, his name real quick because he he was a really important piece i'm gonna take this time to just hate on james connor i (laughs) still hate james connor and i think everyone is gonna draft him way too high next year oh yeah wesley right you're right um but james connor had 14 touchdowns so far He's also at only 700 yards. I get it. He got the touchdowns. That's what matters. Yada, yada, yada. But I just don't want to hear that this guy is an elite fantasy wide running back. I think this is an outlier. I think there will be Chase Edmonds next year, whether he stays there or whether what happens. But do not tell me, do not argue with me that James Conner is a good running back. I'm sorry. All right. Sorry. Great running back. I'll give him good at least status. He exceeded expectations for everyone and anyone but don't tell me you knew that James Conner was going to be good when you drafted him in the eighth round. You didn't. You took a you took a stab at the Fournette Rojo split. That's basically what you did. Don't I don't want to hear it. Not wrong. Okay, Panthers Bucks. Uh, don't start any Panthers. That's a bad idea. Bucks on the other hand, they are playing for seeding, um, so they do need to actually try to win this game. Uh, Bucks are only favored by eight, so that makes you feel like maybe they're not going to be trying super hard. But um, I think that also it, might come down to injuries too. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Tom Brady, what he's got to figure something out. You might be able to catch somebody cheap this week. I think Evans is a good play. I think he's going to try to force feed him the ball. He's about the only wide receiver that's still alive. I don't know if you start Grayson. I think that was the, one of the guy's names, uh, last name Grayson. Cyril, Cyril Grayson. Cyril Grayson. Uh, let's not get cute. I don't think you start him. But, you know, Evans, probably a good call. Um, and, yeah. I, I think mean, Gronk. I think Gronk, though. Yeah, Gronk's a good idea, too. Um, don't No Panthers, though. Please don't. No, no, no. I've, I love me. I'm so glad I didn't get any stocks in DJ Moore this year. I love DJ Moore. I wanted him everywhere. And when he started out really hot, I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Now I'm like, thank God. When they get a quarterback, maybe this will be a different story. But for now, like even like Terrace Marshall, you're probably going to get him dirt cheap this offseason. Oh, yeah. Wanna. Also in Dynasty, if you can trade for Terrace Marshall right now. Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling sure. he's going to have a, a decent year and Robbie's not going to be there so very long. So, um, all right. Now the, the last game of regular season football, I believe uh, best game. we skipped one and it should be, I mean, arguably the Rams game should probably be the best game. That Rams game is going to be the best game, but this one I has get, literally the most mistakes. This is I, win or go home. I never know what three o'clock game to watch. There's always like four of them and I can really only choose one or two depending on, you know, if I got TV and laptop going and yeah. man, I'm glad that I don't have to choose that because it's the Rams won't be Jets game. bills. That's for sure. No, uh, but the uh, Chargers Raiders is going to be the second best game, at least if not the best game, because they're they are literally fighting for this the is last a playoff, playoff game. This is the one that is like the actual play in game. And I mm-hmm. love that they're playing against each other. I mean, the 49ers Rams is pretty interesting, too, because. If the 49ers lose, Rams are getting in either way, though. So if San Francisco wins, it's yeah, like, I mean, that's why this is more exciting. But 49ers' life is at stake, and also the Rams want that number two spot. So 
to play the Eagles because they think that's a layup. Uh, but yeah, no, I uh, I definitely I'm interested in this one all around. I think you start everyone uh, of the Chargers that is, uh, except for Mike Will. I don't know what's going on with him. Is if he's alive? He's got COVID. Is he, I don't know. Uh, but you're, you're starting Keenan Allen, and I, I love the hate on Keenan Allen this year. Like throughout the year, uh, the man has a hundred catches and a thousand yards. And yes, you can say what you want about. Oh, he doesn't get deep balls and he doesn't get touchdowns. I'm sorry, but 100 receptions and 1,000 yards and six touchdowns is a phenomenal season, and you cannot be upset with that. Uh, Jamar Chase has 80 catches for 1,500 yards. So, yes, those 1,500 yards are nice, but those 20 catches add up, especially in PPR. Um, look to, look for Keenan Allen and Herbert's combo to, to last for a while. Eckler, of course, is going to be phenomenal too because those are the three players in this game. The Raiders... You're not, you're not really starting any of them. I mean, Jacobs Jacobs will be interesting. The Chargers can't really stop the run very well. Jacobs has also gotten all those pass-catching balls with Drake injured. But other than those four, I'm pretty much out on uh, fantasy-wise. I agree. Can't trust Parham and Moreau nope. for the replacement tight ends. Nope. And, uh, I mean, not that Cook was that great. And then Mike Williams is the only wild card, and if, if his – I assume his price tag isn't cheap on daily. I haven't looked, but I imagine it's not. Probably in the 5,700 range, maybe a little bit higher. Yeah. Right in that medium. Anyway, okay. Let's let Joe give you the actual play-by-play, and I'm going to line that up in my lineup as well. So, For sure. Okay. Well, that's all we got for this week's edition of the podcast, Offensive Points. Next week. We are actually, after talking about it for three weeks now, I think, we're finally going to do a mock draft. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be live on YouTube. It'll be our first time ever being live. Second time. Our well, first okay, ever draft. Thing. First time for the offensive points, though. That's fair. And so that will be exciting. So we got a mock draft coming up next week. It's the 2022 stupid early mock draft. Um, we're going to have some fun doing that. So I can't wait to share that with everybody. And then week after that fireball pod, Ugh. we are going to pay up on every fireball bet that we've made since I, we started the podcast. I am taking PTO that Thursday. It's going to be a rough one. We might have to, uh, it might take a minute to get through all of those shots. Uh, yeah, I got a lot. I made a lot of season long bets. I botched that. I should have done week long bets. So I would bet for you to at least have eight. I thought you said six. Well, six right now. Two or three of them haven't been. Oh shit! All right, you got to you got to send me some of these, man. I need to know what they are and what I lost on because there's okay. a lot of them. I, by all means, I have them all written down, and you're <laughs> probably probably should be thankful because I think I've forgotten some and I haven't written them down. So you won't even have to worry about those. But for the okay. most part, these are the ones I remember and are written down. And that is why he is not at bookkeeper OP. OP exactly. Bookkeeper. We don't we don't call him me memory at, like at memory ombre vendor because I don't have that kind of a memory. So anyway, follow at Josh Hall STL on Twitter. Follow at ombre vendor on Twitter. Follow at OP Economist. The DFS King is on Twitter. Follow at Offensive Points. Uh, the podcast account. Probably need to get a little bit more active on there. I'm not going to lie to you people out there. I'm sure you all follow us on there, and you might not see a lot of activity. We have been doing some things. It's been a, a rough holiday season, so but we will get back to some content. We've got the Dynasty Tailgate show that I will be going and, and putting more content in. Tomorrow we'll be uploading an episode that will be about tight ends for the 2022 draft class. 
That'll be exciting. And I also did a mock draft, which interesting find so far. It was a two-round mock. I break down how that went with all of the rookies. There was no IDP involved, so still need to get into that. That was exciting, so that will be cool. Got a lot more content coming this offseason. We're probably all headed to the Senior Bowl. Me and Joe are for sure in. Josh is still on the fence. We're going to try to get him a media pass and get him down there to Mobile with us, so that will be cool. Mobile. Mobile, and we will be able to watch all of the first round quarterbacks are going to be there, which is just really exciting for me personally, because we are going to get to see every single quarterback that is going to get drafted in the first and second round at the combine and at the senior bowl. So that will be very cool to see. So for Josh, thank you all for tuning in. Have Go a birds. Rest. Yes. Have a great rest of your night, evening or morning. <laughs>